Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. All right, welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. Uh, we are here on site at Thistle Hill, uh, which is a historic piece that Brent's going to talk about now because that's all I've got. <laughs> I wanted to do a shout out in. to uh, all you guys that were on Patreon. I uh, really appreciate your support. It continues to grow. I hope you like this new format where we're out on the jobs. We think we can train and teach better when we're looking at stuff and pointing at stuff. So if you're doing the audio version, you, you're gonna miss out some stuff. It'll be on YouTube, but it's certainly on Patreon. And we're sharing information because we want everybody to get better uh, as master builders. And going back and looking at this house and another historic house we're gonna look at on another episode helps us all get better. So, Thistle Hill. Did you want me to do that? Sorry. Thistle Hill. That, that was the introduction you should have done. Um, 1904, it was built. And then it was redone in like 1910, 1911, okay? So uh, this is an amazing house, okay? This was a gift from the, from the dad to the, to the daughter. Um, so it's a nice house. Um, there's some cool things here. And if you go to my YouTube page, I've done a bunch of videos on this, things we can learn from the past. But they, they have a, one of only two carriage houses in Texas that was originally built, so I think 1904, for both uh, horse and buggy as well as cars as well as motor cars and so he had both and uh, so we you know we're, we're building right during that kind of time frame that time period um, solid masonry walls you know all the materials inside are super rich I mean there's bird's eye maple bedroom which is stupid crazy um, what is that you'll see uh, you'll see all right and great. so um, anyway an incredibly well-built yeah. house you know, this used to be a row of incredible houses all up and down here. It has since become more, you know, commercialized and there's, there's hospitals and stuff. It's kind of ironic that there's like this gym and it's literally on walled by like parking garages. And a Texaco just across the way. <laughs> and it was, and it was, it was uh, slated for demolition in, in the 70s, I believe. And literally people were in front of, uh, you know, chained themselves to these walls. What? And, and, uh, were you one of them? <laughs> and and then uh don't do it i was as a seven-year-old uh, yeah i was 10 at the time um <laughs> but i believed in it um and so they they saved it from destruction at that time and you know it's slowly been restored and it's being restored at a super high level i mean if you just look at that brick pillar right there uh the 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 brick the mortars falling out in fact there's a company here midcontinental restoration um is is going to repoint and redo all the masonry on this thing cleaning it and everything else wow. anyway it's an incredible job uh there's a ton of research there's an architect norm alston who's helping us out with this stuff my project manager uh and i both care about these historic details and so Anyway, it's an awesome, fun project. And you're actually going working on it. No. Okay, yes. great. Um, I haven't been here in a while. Yep. This was a part of the History Channel show. Yep. And uh, we built a pool table yep. for in here. I found a pool table in the basement that was been disassembled and we redid it. And it was about a 1908 uh, pool table. Cool. Yeah. Well, you mentioned a bunch of things I wanted to just get some clarity on. All right. Father to daughter, do we know the family or like historic Fort Worth so, stuff or is it a secret? 
No, it's the it's called the Wharton Scott House. Okay. okay. So Wharton was the first one built for his daughter. The Scotts were the second owner, and they're the ones who, if you look at the 1904 edition, it looks much more Victorian yeah. than this house. And then it was redone in 1911 in this neoclassical style. So this is neoclassical. I was gonna say. Yeah. It feels very neo. Yeah. Classic. Um, <laughs> look at the cool things. I mean, uh, those columns right there solid masonry i mean solid limestone okay we're trying to build some columns on another house and we can't get that anymore Why we're not? wanting to make it in wood we're wanting to make it in cast stone there and and if it is done in stone it's very hard to get a piece of single piece of limestone that that tall that large that's been that has emphasis and everything else and then you also see the clean line right see where it's there's a dark line and then yeah. it's clean below the the masonry contractor has gone around and uh restored uh, or cleaned a bunch of different areas and i'll show you a couple of those wait what to richard's point why not is it just because they don't why not have, what like why can't oh. you buy a solid slab of limestone and carve it out like david because <laughs> um People don't build like this anymore, okay? And so the call for solid, you know, turned limestone is just, I mean, when this was built in 1904, there was probably 20 or 30 companies that could do this. Wow. Now, there may be two. And so- um, That's crazy. The machinery, the, the lack of people calling for it, the, the, you know, fragility of it, you know, the fact that, you know, when it's lying in this state, it could crack. And so how do you get it here onto the job? How do you put, how do you put that in place, right? How do you, how do you install that? That is crazy. Yeah. So, um, you know, certainly with the crane, but in 1910, when they redid this, how did they do it? it it's so funny to hear you say that because I think about the pyramids all the time where it's like, how did they build yeah. those things? Yeah. And now you're here a builder in it's, the modern day, like how did they do that? Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, no, that's, that, that's very, very accurate. Do you think they'll ever wonder how we did our accent walls? <laughs> how did they do this? <laughs> how did they tack in it. these uh, <laughs> geometric shapes on the wall? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big fan probably of not. Ones. Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. I don't know if the wall itself will make it through, yeah. you know, the, the test of time. Yeah. Um, why is it, uh, you know, all cracked and molded up there. So this house, since they was uh, originally saved in 1970, has, uh, you know, done the, the tape and bondo repairs, you know, that, that literally just, oh no, we have an emergency, there's rotted wood, we got to raise money. And so the nonprofits that own this just never had money. Yeah. And so the new owner has money and we're restoring it back to its, you know, the command was you make it back like it was originally in 1904, wow. 1910. That's so, awesome. It's awesome. It's a patron. True patron. Yeah, and so, that's crazy. Um, you know, that's why all the masonry we have done, this roof is coming off. It's not the original roof. No we way. We found out later. Um, the uh, all that rotted eave stuff is going to get repaired finally. There's been a bunch of band-aids that have been done to this house that aren't any good, and so we're going to fix those. Do you think it was good for the time being, or has it? It's just time to. It depends. I mean, there's a few. Uh, well, I mean, we've done work here, so I know yeah. those repairs were good, <laughs> right? We we replaced sash and done things and built new sash and stuff. But um, you know, a lot, some of those repairs, like on these cornices, were literally bondo, wow. and so they really weren't or it was bad wood and so it just you know didn't work didn't go very well yeah well right on all right
we heading inside? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'm gonna show you some areas where they cleaned it, and then uh, then we can go inside. So after we're, that. we're limestone cleaning. No, we're gonna go to the brick cleaning over the other side. Let's do it. So a couple things to point out. One, the fact that this is a solid masonry building. Okay, that means yeah. that there's no stud walls. If we build a house today, when you do a brick house. You have a two by four wall, which is your structural wall. Okay. And then there's a sheathing and an inch gap, and then there's brick, okay? Yeah. And that brick is a veneer. It's a skin. It doesn't support anything, doesn't hold anything up. In fact, if they don't lag it into the, the framing, sometimes it falls down. And so um, that's the way we build today, okay? This, the way this was built, is that there is no interior stud wall, okay? This is a masonry wall that's probably 16 inches thick that's made up of these layers of brick, okay? Yeah. Layers of brick are bonded together, okay? So they bond them together. It's called bonding. That's There's, what these are, right? Yes, and so you are, those, that is called a header. So that okay? goes back in yeah. and then the other one. And that, that header is what's, what's showing is, is inside there and it laps into the, the second width of the brick, right? And each, each layer is called a width, okay? And so it's, it's layered together, but yes. So the first thing is you've noticed the bonding and this bonding pattern where it goes header, 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 it's called a Flemish bond, okay? And an English bond, <laughs> <laughs> of course we all knew that. Uh, Just make sure Richard, I knew that because, yeah. An English bond- I didn't want to say is it. <laughs> where you go, you'll go five courses and then there'll be a course of headers, okay? Yeah. So there'll be all running bond and then a course of headers. <laughs> you two are not good together. Um, the second thing to notice is that, you know, when you cut in an opening for a window, okay, how do you support the brick above, okay? This is called a brick arch, okay, with gauged brick and stone, okay? So the reason that that shapes out this way and shapes out that way, angled like that, um, is that that is a self-supporting masonry system. They've got a steel lentil in there, but they don't need it. Okay? That's what I was curious, like, because on a lot of homes that I've seen you show off, you're like, they don't use the steel but they've got the... Yeah, they've got a steel in there and I'm sure is like kind of a belts and suspenders thing. There's just kind of a, you know, in other words, you don't need that, that but you're doing it anyway. Belts and suspenders. Yeah. With you. So you don't need both a belt and a suspenders to support your pants. Yeah. It's one or the other if they use both <laughs> the belts and suspenders. <laughs> So you think he was just probably like, just give me the best, the yes. guy who built yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I want both. That's cool. And so, um, and that's all limestone. It's the same limestone that they use. Yep. We, I mean, we believe we actually had the limestone tested. We thought it might be an Indiana limestone. Now, Indiana is famous for a very hard limestone, and uh, so it, it's a little bit harder than the Texas limestone. But we priced it. At, uh, we had it sent it to an expert, and he tested it. And he said, no, it's it's uh, it's Texas limestone. So wow. uh, anyway, um, all this will be cleaned, right? If you look at all the black spotting and, and where it's dark and stuff like that, yeah. that's just like that column. Mm -hmm. So that, that you know, fungus and the other things have gotten into that. So it's all being cleaned. And then we're going back in here and we're repointing, okay? And so the repointing is, is this soft limestone. So what they did was they took this limestone, they, 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 they had to cut out 
three pounds of limestone uh, of mortar. Okay, so they ran around this building, went scrape, 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 three pound section, sent it to a lab. The lab tested that and said, okay, that's a type N or that's a type S. Basically, it's a what lime. What does mean? Well, it's a lime, uh, a lime-based mortar. Okay, which is lime is your is your binder that keeps it together, or a uh, cement-based mortar, okay? And a cement-based mortar is like Portland, it's very hard, and on historic buildings you do not use a, uh, a lime mortar. Now, what we found here is that the house and everything else is lime, the wall has, has cement in it, okay? Wait, why would you not use lime on a historic build? You would. Oh, you would? Yeah, why you wouldn't would. you use cement? because it, it, it breaks the brick up, okay? So there's the thing called spalting, okay? And basically, when, if, if I repointed this with, with Portland cement, okay? Repointing is just putting new mortar in? Yeah. You're scraping out a section and you're putting mortar back in, okay? Did they do that here? Yes, that's been a, re you'll see some repairs around here where, where there's some different colors, like that looks like a repair. Yeah. There. See how that's white and that's kind of gray? Yeah. Um, that's where they've gone and put in a, a Portland, more, more Portland, okay, depending on how much they put in there, that it can cause the, break, the brick's face to go pop. And we'll see that on that other house. And in the next episode, we'll show you where some of that's happened. But that spalting is why you don't use Portland. You want lime. Why is that? It's the brick, ex I mean, the concrete the expanding? Yes. And okay. so water gets in there. Uh, it freezes. It breaks the face off the brick. Oh, yeah. And so, and it doesn't. See, the, the way this is designed historically, going back thousands of years, the Romans used brick, is that the mortar is the sacrificial uh, material here. Mm -hmm. So the bricks are fired to be there. The mortar is only sacrificial. It's meant to fall apart so that the brick doesn't. So okay. I've heard you say that a ton. And now you're like working on restoring a historic building that is primarily brick. Would you guys scrape out all the mortar in here and then just re-put it in? Is that what's like... That's the scope. I mean, this is a almost wow. a million dollar contract for the masonry on this job. Yeah. And so, yes, it is repointing, cleaning, fixing all the stone, all the masonry, all the all the stuff that's going on here. I mean, it's a really big project. Cool. Yeah. And so, essentially, in a situation like this, where you've got like the two different kinds, you're going to scrape it all out and make it a consistent. Yeah. And so, scraping it all out really means you go back about an inch. Because okay. this is all the way through. Right. So you don't you don't go all the way all the way through. You're not taking it apart. But look down there. I mean that mortar's completely gone. Well, and then the mortar's perishable. So, but it's only gonna lose its like it's only gonna fall out in an area where it's being like weather hit, right? Yes. I mean, look, it, it's a product that this house has been here uh, 120 years. Um, you know, that mortar job is at least a 50 to 75 year prop, you know, uh, solution. Yeah. Now, one last thing that you'll see in here, a little subtle detail. You see this thing right there? Mm -hmm. There's a there's kind of a like bead. A tool line? Yeah, oh, there's a tool wow. line. It's a bead, okay? And so you actually have this, you can see it right there. There's a little line there. There's a little bit of a like a roundover. Yeah, roundover. Mm -hmm. So there's what masons have is what's called a striking tool. That's yeah, okay? really evident right here. Yeah, yeah, you can see it there, and you'll see it on the other side better. 
But so basically what happened is historically, you had a number of raking tools, okay? And the raking tools, sometimes you'll take the mortar and you'll take your trowel and you just go flat across it, which is what it looks like they did there. They just went, you know, flat across. You've also got raking tools that will come in and make like there's a V-grooved raking tool that yeah. would create a little V there. There's a raking tool that creates a bead, okay? And that bead is evident here. So when we point this and go back, we're gonna go back with that bead. When they do that, do they do You the... don't see that here, right? Because no. they didn't do it right. No, I was gonna ask, when they do that, they, do they do the verticals or is it just the horizontal? Yes, so what happens is they do all the way vertical and then they just do a little short, oh, yeah, I see it there's right a little there. short, thing that goes down right there the vertical bead and and how that comes together oh uh, yeah yeah i'm looking at this That's corner crazy. and the pattern all the way up is so consistent well what what's awesome oh my gosh what's you're right awesome <laughs> with with the store masonry is is the masons were the trim carpenters of this era and 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 even going back to the colonial era and you'll see them use some stonework and some brickwork like at williamsburg um, where especially because you've got header 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 how do you make it so that it blends into this wall right so that i like, notice they've got header 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 that, that means so they've, they've lapped it together properly yeah it's, it's really crazy i mean it's 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 beautiful. Yeah, because it's lapped behind there, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not just like a tile. Right. Yeah, look. It's not a tile, crazy. right? This, uh, that, that one's shooting back, right? Then that means that one is in the wall. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought that was another Flemish one, like going well, back, and but so it's you, not. You end up, so you know, crazy. that whole, I think that example you just said of the tile, right? It's yeah. not a, a skin, yeah. right? It's actually a structural piece that's really awesome. Well, in the same right, the brickwork on this house as a whole is not a uh, skin. Yeah. yeah, like it is in today. Like well, and, and so just last thing here on the porch, look at this porch floor, okay? So really nice houses in the turn of the century did not just do wood floors. They did tile, typically, especially in 1900 into the 1920s. And so this is obviously a very nice one. Yeah. Um, and it's just been restored and redone because there weren't drains in it. It was actually falling apart underneath, but they've restored it now. Is that marble new, like the marble steps, or is that original? It was there. It was they there. may have restored it. I, okay, I, I it's pretty. That. Yeah. Um, what did uh, insulation look like with brick? Like, is it still insulated pretty well? Well, so what you what you have is what's called a thermal mass. Okay, and so your 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 brick wall, like a, I think a regular three-width brick wall has an R value of, of I think R is 16. like the thermal value? Uh, yeah, uh, it's like 16. And so it, the thermal mass gives you a lot of insulation, basically, is the quick answer. And so- um, Does that mean just because the house Google is that. so big? No, because the wall is it, so thick. It means, like what R value uh, measures is the is the exchange rate from heat to cold oh. and and the the efficiency of stopping of that retaining of retaining it retaining yeah. that the 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 mass of this brick wall so the wall is, is so thick is so thick it can't travel through there it's like so old it has castles. it has a thermal mass and a thermal you know rating uh that's that's really strong so oh. that's that's your answer makes sense other I mean, just like this sheet of glass is you don't see any waves in that 
least I don't think you do. I don't see any really, yeah. So that means that that piece of glass is a piece of plate glass. Now plate glass is something that you start to see in storefronts and things like that. So this is a, a very expensive piece of glass as opposed to cylinder glass. And so you're seeing another case of them spending extra money to have a better piece of glass because that piece of size glass right there, that's huge in 1904. <laughs> and so yeah. it's not, you know, typical. Yeah. And, and now are these painted, or is that just a design drawn on it? No, those are individual panes, okay? That is leaded glass, and it's called leaded glass because that little round piece is a piece of lead. And good. good question, I didn't know that. It's called lead caming, and if you look at the lead caming, it actually has a, you know, a little lip, and the glass stems in there, and then they actually fold over the lead. So really? the lead, is, lead is, is really soft, and you'll see leaded glass oftentimes starts slumping, um, because it's just such a soft material and the glass is so heavy. Is it the glass that's slumping or is it the well, actual lead? We'll see, we'll see it's the lead that's slumping. Okay. And so we'll see a big piece of historic stained glass inside and you'll see the way that they're, they're, they, they have metal rods on the inside that are all welded to it to keep it from slumping, so. Nice. But yeah, that's a I never true knew that. light leaded glass. I always thought it was like applied over a sheet of glass. Yeah. That's crazy. I thought it was too. So we learned something. Okay, let's go inside. Okay, so we're standing in kind of an arts and crafts, male, you know, coffered ceiling, heavy, you know, thick wood. It's like the men's room. Yeah, and so there would have been a, a billiards table in here. And so, you know, you got a lot of cool details. You got circular windows in here. You got these, this, this high wainscoted wall with the plate rail on top, beam ceiling. Let me show you this fireplace. But notice that um, how even colored this is, how they have dyed the mortar, okay? So the mortar is actually dyed red, and then we've got a gauged brick arch that is truly self-supporting. Now, uh, a gauged brick arch would actually be made at a factory, okay? And you would, you would uh, order it based on your, your opening and your height here, and you would say, you know, based on this radius, I need a gauge brick opening. And so they would make you in all these individual bricks. So all of these bricks would then get laid into a form and then sent out, you know, pre kind of laid out, and then the mason would put them in place. Because they're all angled a little bit, right? They're all like angled. Each one is on that radius. Oh, that's each really one's cool. on that radius, exactly. But notice this, this, this uh, mortar line. It's about an eighth of an inch, and you'll see that um, in really fine brickwork, that you have a, that you have a very small mortar line. Is that because of the fact that it's retaining fire, or is it just? No, I told you that story about that house in Dallas that was being built, and the the architect came over and said, "No, these 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 mortar lines need to be a quarter of an inch, quarter of an inch, not three eighths." they're like, well, why? He goes, "Well, if you want the building to last, you know, 450 years without any maintenance, I need a really thin mortar line." Okay, so because it's the sacrificial deal, the less of it that's that exposed, the better. So, you know, then they, they went back to the yard and were like, we need to cut our stone differently. We need to be more precise. We need to be more, you know, skilled. You know, if, if we're cutting more modern joints in wood, what's the minimum required gap that's done when you're wood? Maybe a 16th, a 32nd or yeah. something like that? Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is I want zero. Yeah, okay. And so yeah, you're right. like, oh, I can do that, but I mean, 
I got to spend longer. I got to clamp my things. I got to, you know, I got to do things. And if it's out of square, I got to figure out the new, you know, ratios and, and things like that. And so I'm on it's my way to the moon. It's, it's going to take you. <laughs> it's going to take you longer, right? And so, you know, the same thing here. If I ask your you know, and basically that, your slop gap to be, <laughs> instead of three eighths, I need it to be an eighth. It's like, oh, oh. yeah, and you, then you have like less um, space for a correction of leveling Absolutely. stuff. I Absolutely. mean, yeah, okay, I got you. Well, and then that, and every brick is differently sized too, right? Well, that's what they're gonna say, is that you need an industrial brick to do it, okay? Or in the colonial period, they needed to rub their bricks and have incredible wow, okay. precision. Right? I but yes, it. your brick does have to be uh, pretty dang close. Pretty dang, dang close. close. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about the coffered ceiling like slats that are in there. You're painting this, right? In the restoration? <laughs> <laughs> so, like that house you know, tour? <laughs> a, a coffered ceiling, okay, uh, if you go back to the European period when houses were built, you know, in the 1700s and earlier, 1500s, 1600s. Um, they had solid masonry walls, okay? And then they had bricks, uh, uh, joists that are made of wood, mm -hmm. okay? So if this were, if we were, you know, in a 1500s house, those beams going across, now these are all box beams, okay? But those beams going across would be much closer together. What's a box beam, sorry? I nodded like so, I knew. <laughs> see these, the big beams? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, So a box sure. beam means basically it's built like a box. Instead of being a solid beam, oh, you got okay. a piece, piece, I'm piece, tracking now. and it's built like a box. So it's fake, it's, it's not fake, like a full beam, right? right? And you can see the, uh, the yeah, pieces. Yeah, I, I see it now. So, so historically, it would have been a major beam going across here, right? Because it would probably have been supporting? Would have been supporting the wood floor. And so you're looking at, got it. historically, the wood floor above, okay? And you know, you'd hear stories of, of the reasons they you know, sh started plastering them in and closing them in is because dust would come down through the wood floor, through the floors. You'd be eating dinner, <laughs> some of the upstairs, and dust would be coming down into your plate. Okay, so they began to plaster them petite. over. And, and you, and, but the reason I get frustrated about beam ceilings today is because they're used as a trim thing to convey that it's a, originally an old, you know, and so if you look at a real one, one, they're much closer together, and then they've got like these cross beams, one, the, the, the ones that makes the box, there would be one every, you know, 18 inches, every 16 inches. Really? And so they're really heavy ceilings. There's tons of wood up there because, you know, you got your masonry walls on the outside and that's supporting that floor going above you. So, um, what was your question? So this one is even, Whoa. does this one irritate you? Because how stretched no, out it is? No, because what they've done is, you know, the whole, the whole coffered ceiling is a decorative way of treating yeah. your, 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 right? And so, and this is, this works, like the whole room works. Mm -hmm. Like Well, even proportionally, like these are matching with the coffered ceilings. Yeah, like I mean, the you've got the, the chamfered wall. edges here, right? You've yeah. got the chamfered yeah. edges there. The you've got, you know, the, the quarter sawn oak, you've got quarter sawn oak. You've got the plate rail, which is all parts of that arts and crafts edition. Even the, the hardware on the windows, those lifts right there, that's a that, that's an arts and crafts little thing with that that kind of iron you know uh, piece the studded pieces yeah the studded piece and so that's crazy know, it all works right it's, it's all part of that same tradition and period now we'll go over to that room and it's very classical right and so we've got paneled walls it's French and so it's very different and so part of what they were doing in this period it was just a 
Well, let's do a French room. Let's do an arts and crafts room. Let's do, I like it. Yeah. Now, this house is really heavily steeped in that arts and crafts period. Arts and crafts kind of ends by 1920. So this room, that, ent that entry hall, that dining room also has a plate rail. Yeah. So it's pretty steeped into that arts and crafts tradition. Why don't more people do now, that? You don't see that on the outside, but. Why don't you encourage more people to do things like that? Uh, Resale value. <laughs> the, uh, you know why? I, know. I, I think that, that it's cheapened so often that people can't look at that. They look at the historic stuff, that's fine, but the attempts that most builders and think people make to copy that uh -huh. is such an abomination. Yeah. That you mean my sign off Etsy isn't cool? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it yeah. is. And so it's so bad that people, our clients would never ask us to do that because it's been cheapened. Okay. And that's why I think classical moldings aren't really appreciated and everybody likes these clean things because the knockoffs are so bad that people are like, that shit just looks cheap now. And the fact when it's done well, it's stunning yeah so thistle hill i mean it's probably what was here right like thorns or something i don't know is that kind of why oh i don't know uh no because i think the family had roots back in uh sweden or something okay. or, or, or another another country yeah whatever and, language and, this is it was, it was it was hearkening back to a to another place like winter tour is named after their ancestral winter home uh, home in sweden or switzerland or wherever oh, really? they're from yeah, yeah so, so uh, yeah, I think that's such I a cool tradition. Like, like I don't know. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, if you know what it's going to be called, like the place is going to be called, or you get a name for a house, it's kind of cool. We have clients that want to name their properties yeah. and go through a lot of exercise, you know, what, to to try to figure out. That's awesome. You know, yeah. you know what 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 do we want to call it? Well, it brings a lot of like Tradition, richness to it. Richness, yeah. history. Yeah, no, it, it, for sure. It's fun. It's super fun. So, oh, they're curbed. Yeah. So <laughs> I made a mistake. I had a client and I didn't even think about it at the time. There's a curved rotunda that we were building and we ended up building the doors square. Been in that house. And they should have been round. Whoa. And it, it, uh, was, it wasn't, in, yes. Yeah. It wasn't until later that I go. You've been there. Why did we not, why did we not make these round? Ah, now. That would be super It's hard. awesome. It's awesome. It's like it's like, it's like another level. And so what, how you do it, right, is that the rails are curved, right? And what they do for the glass is they are making cylinder glass. There's still companies that do it. They make a mold and you tell them your radius. And so they, they make the glass, they lay it out on the mold and lay it down. It falls down on the mold. It's stuck to that radius. It cools. They pick it up and they send it to you. And so that's, that's, how, really that's cool. how you get your glass round. And that's, you know, making these. But think about making curved styles and rails and everything else. It's awesome. So you're basically taking a chunk of wood that's at least that big and cutting it out on a bandsaw? Okay, so you either, you're either making it out of a big piece like that. You're laminating it up, right? You can also laminate it up. Um, but yes. And this is the same profile on your 100-year window. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to restore these. So, the, so every window in this building comes out, yeah. goes back to our shop, gets repaired, comes back. We're going to restore the frames and then put everything back in. I got a question for you while, we're while I'm bringing this up. On this profile right here, I've looked in some of the historic pattern books you recommend, and I'm seeing like different profiles here that are like really unique. Yeah. In fact, if you look at a uh, 1904 uh, molding catalog, there are 
you know, or even 1890, there are six profiles that you can choose from. Do you, would you bring and, those and in, like to your hunting? We have before. That's cool. The, the um, there's like there's, one with the little rounded gothic, top. Yeah, there's the little bead on the top. There's, uh, and so you'll see like a gothic molding. If there was, if this was gothic, you would see almost a little pinnacle, like a little steeple it's so cool. thing yeah. done really well. So uh, a lot more variety by 1920, there's only one. Yeah, it's this one. And no, notice, it looks good. Notice but... these stops have the screws in them, so the stops are adjustable. That's something we're doing in our hundred-year window. So instead of nailing oh, yeah. these in, you're screwing these with the seasonal. Thing. So the seasonal, so you can tighten your windows up if they feel a little leaky. Uh, you can, uh, you know, adjust that screw. That's just so crazy. And it looks beautiful. Like well, when you awesome. have the white wind trim with the brass. Yeah, you know, that's really, really cool. It's better. So. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they wouldn't have bent the wood though, like heated it up, like you know steam you do it with the boat. Yeah. Um, well, some woods steam and bend better than others. Okay, that's a big piece of wood. Like ash is a famous wood that bends really well and does all that stuff. Um, the uh, probably not. Makes sense. Probably not. Because this is what mahogany, maple. Well, I was just looking at that. This is oak. And I don't know, I don't know whether that sash is oak. I don't think it is. And so they just stained. I don't see it like an oak yeah, grain in I it. I don't either. So did they stain this oak? Uh, apparently, it looks like it. Yeah. Cool. All right, so there's probably too much here, right? <laughs> and just, you know, we've gone into one room. Yeah, we were just discussing as we walked over here. We got five, six, seven episodes here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that, that speaks to how much we can learn from the past, in my mind, right? And just how they used when to do it. When it's done well. That you, you look at it and you go, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. Um, I mean, we're just, I was pointing out the fireplaces. There's fireplaces in every room, but that's the only wood mantle in this house. I think, you know, that tells that story of how we, uh, you know, fire, fire prevention and fire damage was terrible. You think about the great fire in, in Chicago, the great fire in, in San Francisco. London. You know. Those things happen because, you know, a fire gets out of control. And so, you know, you can't find wood mantles in a millwork catalog in 1920, okay? Because most people were putting in stuff like this, okay? That's all brick, that's all tile, right? That's all stone it's over there. Top. And so, um, you know, anyway, learning from the past. Uh, I want to take you upstairs and show you the bird's eye maple room. Uh, because there's a mahogany room we can walk through and see bird's eye maple. And then when we go up the stairs, I want us to look at the leaded glass because there's, you know, much more lead and glass there. And you'll see some of the supporting bars that go there that are holding that up because, yeah. um, you know, if you just look at that window right there, you know, that's that, that, you know, try to look at the gate or try to look through that, that, that leaded glass. It is some very figured heavy, you know, uh, one historic glass, but then the lead came in and everything else. Um, can I ask a question about these sliding doors? Yeah. We have one in our house. I hate these things, pocket doors, because <laughs> uh, it always pops off its track and everything else like that. These were presumably spent a lot of money on and built well. How do they, can I go, may I? Yeah, do you want to, this one is actually better because oh, you can that pull it bad. out of the wall. Uh, th so they've got pocket door, pocket door, pocket door, pocket door, big pocket door, and so they're and everywhere. They're massive. Yeah, and so this one has fallen off the tracks, right? 
and that's why it's kind of cantered back. And so one built in. That's why you hate them. The yeah. the the uh, they you know the castings and everything else and the wheels are and you'll hear when we pull it out a and you know mortar and dust is falling into the track and and so they're gimpy compared you know you know our house built in 62 you know that sliding door that blocks off i mean it just sounds like a train wreck every time you move that thing yeah. and so those are very cheap yeah uh, we've got better ones today but the quick answer is these are problems still they had a couple simple things for fixing it, but they, uh, um, yeah. Uh, do you like them? I do, yeah. The ones that we put in at the barn, yeah. you know, the, the hardware is really nice. It's yeah. like top of the line hardware. And you get and soft clothes. Clothes. Yeah. Yeah. soft clothes. Do you like them? Pocket doors? Yes, ma'am. They solve a lot of problems. Uh, Sometimes you'll go into an old house and you'll do a door dance, like open this and close this. You know? Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. The pocket door yeah. can sometimes take all those out. And so. I've never heard it called that. That's funny. The, uh, um, so it solves some problems that way. And so I don't mind them. Um, so. Well, cool. Can I go? Yeah, let's go look at this one. So we learned a lot um, when, when, I, when I opened this up because I did this exact same thing. Now, this room's been painted, and I'll show you an area, but this is all mahogany in here, original mahogany. And so, you know, there's a couple things here. One, there's, there's gonna be a, uh, a stop that I'm gonna have to lift up to pull this door out. So there's basically a little key that falls down that keeps the door from coming all the way through. Mm -hmm. You'll also see up here that there is, sometimes there's a stop put right here so the door stops. Sometimes the tracks are put together and you can pull it all the way through. These are- Was something tacked there? Yeah, the something was tacked there. So I'm opening this up and, I, and you can see that cleat thing right here. I don't know if you guys want to come around. Right see there. that thing? And it just falls down on its own? Well, what would happen is I would do like that and then I'd stick a screwdriver in there and it'd fall down like that. These are very crude blocks to keep the door from going too far into the pocket, okay? But the- uh, It's lost forever. Um, but you can also see like that, see that that's all mahogany back there? Yeah. So that's when we took this off, it's like, oh my gosh, there's the original wood right there. So what is this, just a veneer or did they just paint it over? They just painted it over. Okay. So. Oh, so that's how you knew they painted this room. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's got paint on it. <laughs> that also helps. What was your first clue? Well, that gave it away, but. So anyway, that's how they did that. Does that help? Yeah, that's awesome. Do you still like, not like pocket doors? I or? still hate them. Okay. <laughs> it just confirms, right? That even on the nicest ones, they can but, be. So, so the way, just so you know, ah! if, if I looked up in here, and there, there's basically, there's two wheels, okay? and there's a long screw that goes down that's threaded, okay, that holds onto the door. And if you tighten that screw, it lifts up, and if you loosen the screw, it drops down. So if our doors are binding, you could actually get up in there with a big flathead screwdriver. Do what? Binding, is that just dragging? It's just dragging, yeah. Okay. Then you could actually loosen it and lift it up or, or lower it down. They were adjustable, yeah. okay, which a lot of our doors are. Uh-huh, there's one on either side. And uh, that's how you would have adjusted the door. That's super cool. But you know, if we look at this door, look at this. See this? It's binding. No. New word. We're, the, this. The back track is not the tight enough. The back track, no, it's fallen. 
So oh, it's I, just off. I, I think it's off, okay? So that's why this door is like cantilevered like this. And so the only way to, I know to repair it is to actually open up the wall on either side, figure out what's going on, because you're gonna have to disassemble in some, in some respects. And so, you know, we'll probably cut a hole in that wall right there, get it back up on the track, see whether the, yeah. the, the wheel's broken, see if the track's falling down. Because if the track's falling down, that's the worst of all. Yeah, I don't know how else to do it. And you don't have to cut through this, right? You can just cut above and get your hands up in there. Right. Yeah. Right, I would leave that trim there. Mm -hmm. But here's another arts and crafts room, right? Um, with the plate rail and, you know, this kind of, you know, plastered leather, you know. Would uh, they put plates on the plate rail? Is that a dumb question? No, they did. Okay. Yeah. That is a that's dumb why it's called question. That. <laughs> hey, that's kind of cool. The fluting starts right at the intices. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's awesome. They're what like it? highlighting it. You know how the intices oh, yeah, yeah, is like yeah, one yeah. third. Okay, I see where you're saying it. That's crazy. That is cool. I'm going to take a picture of that. The other kind of fun thing, like looking at this, like these are all evenly spaced, right? Yeah. And then they've, they've matched it. I mean, almost perfectly. Look, there's the same gap here as it is here. I mean, it is even all the way through. That's it's wild. Like, it's actually like someone laid it out that way. <laughs> That's crazy. They didn't just start hammering That's away. That's crazy. It is well, really cool. It, it's, it's, one of the, it's those details that you look at and you're like, oh my gosh, someone really thought through this. Someone really figured this out. And It's you know, funny saying that because we know, see this today and it just doesn't happen. I, can, I know. That's just so funny. Would you call that fret work? No. No? What, what is uh, that? What would I call that? Um, it's an accent wall, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just tacked in a geometric shape. <laughs> it's not fret work. It's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a decorative, it's, it's decoration, okay. it's ornamentation. Do you like that or? I think it's interesting. I mean, they've got it on the windows too and they're painted over there. They had it in the other room as well. It, it reads to me almost like lattice kind of, mm -hmm. kind of, kind of work. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what's you know, the if difference between this and my accent walls? If we're in a garden room, walls? then maybe that's what it is. What's that? What's the difference between this and my accent walls? Well, the accent, <laughs> the accent wall is no style. End of question. Okay? Okay. This is a style. This is an arts and crafts style. So it does follow a tradition there. So you say. The accent wall is a decoration that is from nothing, right? It's just, it's, it's not like you go, um, uh, I want this to, you, you just say, well, I'm gonna throw a bunch of you know, geometric shapes on there and it's gonna be interesting. Like squares and X's. <laughs> Are you really going there? Are you really going really there? Really not. I yeah, just wanted okay. to push your buttons. They're, they're, yeah, you are. <laughs> they I'm about to take you down. <laughs> I'll take you down. Uh, let's go before we run out of time. We're going to walk up the stairs. We're going to look at the leaded glass, and then we're going to see the maple room. All right. Before we talk about this room, did you see the leaded glass on the way up? I did. Yeah. Those bars that go in between are supporting bars. Sometimes they've covered them up, but it's a you know, thick iron rod that's actually tied into the wood on either side, supporting all that heavy glass. You also pointed out the... The tiny piece. <laughs> I mean, so each one of those pieces is individual. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you get, you get a quarter inch by quarter inch piece, right? And so, um, but you think of all the trays that were, that would go on in this period of time and the, the amount of detail and the amount of minutia they went into to get stuff yeah. right. It's, it's pretty awesome. How I think that's part of the reason why I loved it. What? How fast do you think they were at it? I think they were super fast. 
I've seen videos of people glazing wood windows. Wood windows. Okay, and so you get the glass in there and they set this easel up and they're like, hit the putties in their hand, they're going, yep. and just, and we're like, you know, today we're like, meh, 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 meh. It's so mm. hard. I tried it on that first sash I built. Yeah, really? I was like there for five hours, like, <laughs> and it's still not like perfect. You can't get it smooth, it just drives you crazy. It's but, a craft. So quick answer is they were, you know, Speed demons. They were experts in their field, and that's yeah. what's crazy. They I think just... about that John Henry thing all the time. You know, the guy who tried to beat the railroad oh, yeah. thing? Yeah. There's like a guy, they were building railroads, <laughs> and he drove the stakes in by hand, and then they had a machine that did it, and he raced the machine and beat it, but then wow. he like of course he got passed tired. out from exhaustion, yeah. of course. But <laughs> So anyway, just real quickly, we'll finish up this episode, bird's eye maple. Okay, bird's eye maple is a naturally occurring defect um, in, in maple that has these little bird's eyes, which is, and, and, it's, and it's graded. Like when you order bird's eye, you have to say, well, how birdsy is it? Or how, you know, how much, how, <laughs> how many much, eyes per square inch? Now, I don't know what you say, I, but you definitely, like when I made furniture out of bird's eye, I went and culled all the material I want because the lumber yard says, well, that's bird's eye. It has like, you know, three bird's eyes in a whole board. And you're like, okay, it is, but it's not enough. Right. And so, you, you know, you go find something that has this kind of character and, you know, you try to put it together. That's so pretty. It's, it's amazing. But then you look too how they made these doors, right? This side is oak and this side is bird's eye. So they have, you oh, know, yeah, veneers that, you know, and panels and moldings and stuff to make these things, so. So all these are panels, it's all fake? No, just the door. I was kidding. <laughs> Can I get under your You're really again? doing it today, aren't you? Yeah, you know, I had a 3 a.m. flight, you're waking up. Um, yeah, yeah, so anyway, so beautiful. we've only just scratched the surface on this house, but the, the level of detail and the level of, uh, you know, obviously a very nice house built at that time, but you know, a lot to learn. Look at this. This is the most, this is the, this is the worst I've ever seen in a historic house. The worst like, you know how in some of the modern builds that we've looked at, like on Zillow and everything, we have like these kind of moldings where they're like cut in half because right, they didn't space into a wall and yeah, stuff like that. That's the closest I've ever seen anything get. Is that bad or is that just kind of like? I think it's good. I, I think they made it into a nice detail. Yeah. I, I think it's not bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice if there was a little bit more room. Sometimes you see a, like a one inch gap in there and it actually looks worse. Yeah. Than, than, than oh than yeah, with the wallpaper. It, yeah, it, it would look really, weird. Yeah. It really draws your eye to it, but um, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Hope you guys like the new format. Like Brent was saying at the beginning, uh, let us know any thoughts or you know, if, if this is too visual for you audio listeners out there, we'd love to help identify some more details in our words. But um, we, gotta, I think we like these. We our vocabulary. Yeah, we've really got a you know English class. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching.